Welcome into Hitting Hard with John Chuck. We're here on Locked On Sports Atlanta. Today on the show, can we stop with the playoff talk? Do the Hawks have a trade problem? And UGA really is the best. It's all next. Chuck, we're here on Hitting Hard, Locked On Sports Atlanta. This is Hitting Hard with John Chuckery, part of Locked On Sports Atlanta. And it starts now. Hitting Hard is brought to you by Bet Online. We ask you to head to YouTube.com, put Locked On Sports Atlanta into your search browser. When you get there, hit that subscribe button. Leave us a comment. Free and available to download on all of your favorite podcast platforms, including Spotify and Odyssey. Check us out. And, of course, Roku and Amazon Fire. Yes, you can find us there as well. Leave us a review. And, of course, hit me up on my personal Twitter page. That would be at JMCH316. So the Buccaneers won last night, come from behind. Did you see the stat, by the way? That was like the first time Brady's come back in the fourth quarter down by 13 or more in the regular season. The only other time he did it was in the Super Bowl. Yeah, screw you. Anyway, so as the Buccaneers come back and win, now they have, you know, the that six and six have the lead in the division. And I believe that they're a game and a half now up on the Atlanta Falcons. So this is where we're at currently in the playoff standings after last night, okay? The Hawks, and this comes from 538, and this is all the projections and probabilities. The Hawks, or sorry, the Hawks, the Falcons right now at five and eight have a 5% chance to make the playoffs. Let me repeat. The Falcons right now have a 5% chance to make the playoffs. Four of that percent is winning the division. So they have a 5% chance overall with a 4% chance of winning the division. Now, we've said said this last week or what have you, week before, whatever. It's division or bust for the Atlanta Falcons. But can I tell you, it's four games that, by the way, the, the Falcons are going into a bye week, okay? The entire rest of the NFL is not going to lose. It's not going to work out perfectly for the Falcons to stay in this thing because teams are going to get another half-game chance to get ahead. The, the Buccaneers are going to be interesting. They head out to San Francisco and, of course, they're trying to figure out what their quarterback situation is. Is They're on their third quarterback, most likely Brock Purdy, the Iowa State the kid, probably going to have to play for them. So who knows? There's a definite chance that the Bucs could go out there and catch themselves victory. But either way, okay, we're now at the point where we've waited it out. We've been excited. We, we've been a part of this, right? We believe all this and the other. And I give the Falcons a ton of credit, okay? I, I thought the Falcons would be a six-win team. That's about where they're trending. I don't think they're going to win more than seven, but okay, six or seven, whatever it comes out to be, that's fine. We finish second in the division, fine, what have you, okay? That'll only matter for scheduling next year because you'll play, when we get the NFC conference schedule, you'll play the same teams and where they finish, you know, as your division standing goes. But other than that, I don't want to hear next week about we're in the playoff hunt. Okay, and this goes back to what we talked about yesterday about going ahead and breaking down and letting Desmond Ritter start the rest of the way. You have four games, two on the road, two at home. You start Ritter come next week. You're going to have to play him throughout the, the remainder of the season. Okay, there's no going back. Once you pull that, once you rip that bandaid off, you got to go with it. You got to play him the rest of the way. But I don't want to hear about that we're mathematically in the playoffs or because, again, we're at the point where 
all the analytics tell you that we have next to no chance of winning and getting in the playoffs. It would have to be we go 4-0, the Buccaneers lose out, this, that, that. So many things would have to happen, okay? A few weeks ago when we were 27 28%, okay, that, that's there's some things that could fall our way. Now, though, after the Buccaneers won last night, it's time to put a bow on all of that talk. And by the way, more than just Ritter, okay, it's time to start Arnold Evacati the rest of the way. No more Ogundeji. You can rotate him in as a rotational guy. Let me start to see some of my young guys. Let me start to see rookies get more run. Look, I want if we're not going to give Patterson the ball, if it's only going to be 11, 12 touches for my best offensive player, then play Tyler Algier and, and let him get more run and opportunity. It's time to play more of my young guys. We're not th this whole playoff. To, okay, we're mathematically in it. I understand it. I get it. I'm rolling with the coach. Now, when we're sitting at 5% and it's a 4% chance to win the division, meaning that there's 1% chance that we'll be a non-divisional playoff team, okay, it's time to rip the bandit off and say enough already. Let's play Ritter. Let's start Ebicady. Let's start to play more of our young guys and find out what we got, not just at quarterback, but everywhere else. And, and I've seen people say, well, you know, if you play Desmond Ritter, you're kind of throwing in the season. All right. So this team is not making the playoffs. I don't care what they could or could not do in the playoffs. Because I've paid people say, well, you know, even if they get in, they're going, I don't care. I would love to make the playoffs. But there's not a there's becoming next to no pathway right now for this team. It'd be one thing if we were if the Bucks had lost last night and we're still kind of no, the pathway, everything is going like this for the playoff picture right now. Nothing is coming like this. Everything is going like this to realistically think about in the playoffs. And we're at a point of you're a 5% chance. You can show me an analytic that says maybe we're six or seven. Okay, does that really make a difference at this point? I'm ready to play the young guys. Okay, I've seen what I need to see out of this team. They're better than last year. Players have played better this year. Let me go ahead and run this thing out. I still think, you know, look, you're going to play to win. I'm not saying you throw in the towel, but I'm talking about small little things besides the quarterback. Start Arnold Ebicady. Let me see more of Tyler Algier. Show me more of my young guys to get them ready. Because you're going to have a lot more decisions than just the quarterback next year. You got a whole crap ton of guys that are on one-year deals. You don't have a right tackle for next year. You got to extend your right guard. You don't have a left guard for next year. Your center position's eh, like that. There's a lot of decisions that have to be made. You, you might not have a second starting corner next year. You got linebackers, you're going to have to make decisions. I mean, there's a lot. You don't have a defensive end. There's a lot of things that have to be figured out with this roster besides just the quarterback. So let me start to see my young guys. Let me see Ebicady if he's healthy. And I know he's been dealing with that forearm issue, but let me see if he's healthy. Let me see him play 70% of the snaps. Let me see him play 75. Let me see him play as many snaps as Lorenzo Carter is getting a chance to play. I know what I've got in Ogundeji. He's a nice rotational piece that helps a little bit on the run, can't set the edge in the pass rush, and he's not going to sack the quarterback.
Okay, I know what he is. Write that down in your box about what he is and is not. But let me see my young guys because this whole idea that we've been and and look again, we have been in the playoff hunt. We have had an opportunity to make a playoff run. That started last weekend. We have to win. The Bucks have to lose. Neither of those things happened. And you went from about 25% down to 5% now. Now we're in that unrealistic territory of something is going to change. So besides the quarterback, let me see my young guys. And please come Monday, when everybody gets back together in the building, please don't sell me on the idea that we're in the playoff hunt or anything like that. All right, I want to talk about my friends over at Bet Online. It's in betonline.net is your number one source for all of your sports wagering information. Look, college football season, we're headed right into bowl game season, right? All kinds of games that are going to be coming up over the next several weeks before we can get to the playoff games. NFL season on its last quarter of the year. NBA is cranked up and ready to go. College basketball is about to get in conference play. All kinds of action that if you want to get in on, head to betonline.net today. Not just getting in on the betting action, but if you need news, information, podcasts, stats, everything to mark you, make you a better sports wager is available at betonline.net. So it's very simple. Take that mobile device that you carry around everywhere that's attached to your hand, right? Head to betonline.net today. Check out all of the news and information that they have for you, and then get yourself in on the action. You like some of the early lines in the college football playoff games, right? Michigan's, I think, a, a favorite over TCU. Georgia's a touchdown favorite of Ohio State. You like some of those? Get in on the action. Everything's available at your fingertips when you head to betonline.net. Betonline.net is where the action starts. I want to remind you, too, to make Locked On Sports today your second listen. The uh, biggest stories of the day, instant reactions, big game recaps, and the take of the day. It's all available on Odyssey, YouTube, wherever you get your podcast from. Locked on sports today. You should make that your second listen. So do the Hawks have a trade problem? So we've seen this folder all with Trey Young. And, you know, yesterday was very interesting. I'll give Zach Klein of the local ABC channel here from WSB that he went after Trey Young. And he said, and I know, you know, Trey was with the, well, it's a private. Okay, here's the thing, okay? When you don't show up for a game, when your coach comes and says, I never said for him to not be at the game, and your star player doesn't show up from the game, there's a problem. I don't care if it got leaked. I don't care if somebody whizzed on it. I don't care what happened. You have a problem now. And here's the thing. My superstar player, who's the face of my franchise with the super max contract, that's one of the faces of the league, one of the better up-and-coming young stars in the league. He's got to handle that situation better. This has nothing to do about what got leaked, what didn't get leaked, or this or that, or beep, bada, boop. Because guess what? In today's media world, everything gets out. There are no such things as private conversations in the world of sports. It's all going to get out. There's a feeding frenzy for that information. And every blue check marker and everybody else is going after that information to get it out there to create storylines, right? Even if it's not necessarily true, even if they heard it from a fourth party source, even if they heard it from a janitor who was cleaning out a stall and overheard a guy dropping a deuce and said this, that, and the other, they're going to run with it. The problem became the way that Trey Young 
handle this situation, not showing up for the game, not being out there with his teammates, and then trying to act like the problem was the reporter that the story got out and it's pro- there's nothing private anymore. Everybody knows what you make. Everybody knows what this guy makes. Everybody knows what the stories are. And this is not the first time. Go back to last year when we heard about the John Collins, Trey Young kerfuffle about, you know, how the offense was running, stuff like that. That wasn't like somebody, it wasn't like JC or Trey stood in front of the media and said, hey, I'm not happy with how the offense is. No, that was all from backstage chatter. That was Chris Kirshner, who was covering the team for the athletic that got that story from people and put it out there. So this always happens and goes on. But Trey has to understand he is the face of the franchise. What he says, where it goes, all revolves around him. And especially right now when a few things, DeAndre Hunter and John Collins are going to be out for an extended period of time, week, two weeks, longer. And we know what the Hawks, when they tell you a week, when they say like a week or two for a player, that means three months from now is when we'll see those guys. Remember, they told us, oh, Bogey's a week or two away. Two months later is when Bogey showed back up. So you know you're you're right now, you're beat up, banged up. You don't have part of your starting core, right? You got 40% of your starting lineup that's not available to you. And Trey said, well, injured. okay, that we understand all that. But don't, don't get aggravated when the Zach Kleins or the Chris Kirshners of the world come out with these stories and they get a scoop from somebody. Again, I talked about, look, I had gotten information about Calvin Ridley, that Ridley had had an incident with a break-in and a freak. All that information that I got turned out to be true. Now, I'm not a reporter. I don't go out there and put all that business out there. But if I'm a reporter, darn sure bet I will run with some of that stuff because that's what their job is. So this is on Trey Young. Trey's got to mature in this situation. He's got to understand that his role with this team as a leader, the face of the franchise, he's the first guy everybody is going to go to. They're not going to Clint Capella. They're not going to Bogey. They're not going to those guys, even DeJounte Murray. Because Murray was like, I don't know where he was. I don't know why he won with the team. They're going to go to Trey. And whatever conversations got out, didn't get out, this, that, and the other, when you don't show up for the game, now you've made it public. When you are not there with a reasonable explanation, you're hurt or this or that or whatever like that, then that's when people are like, boop, the radar goes up and says, wait a second, there's something wrong here. And look, let's not bury our head in the sand. It isn't like Trey Young wasn't the big reason why the previous coach got let go. Their issues between Lloyd Pierce and Trey Young were the big reason that I have to pick Trey or Lloyd. See you, Lloyd. I thought the guy who looked good in this situation yesterday was Nate McMillan. He went to his presser. He he addressed it head on. Before he started taking questions about it, he said, let me make a statement. And he put it out there and he said what had to be said. And he said, we're done and we move on. And that's the hope for the Hawks. But right now, remember we talked about this 19-game stretch starting the Wednesday before Thanksgiving, you know, Thanksgiving on Thursday, the night before on Wednesday with the Sacramento Queens, 19 games running through. We need a 13-6 and because you're going to play a bunch of bad teams. Well, guess what? They blew a game last night in the fourth quarter again. 
another double-digit lead that they've blown here of late. And now in this first seven games of this 19-game stretch, they're three and four. And now you're in New York for the next couple of games. You start tonight in, uh, or start start tomorrow night in Madison Square Garden, and you got the Brooklyn Nets right after that. So they got to, listen, oh, it's early and this, that. Yeah, I get all that. But it's not that you, you can't win the Eastern Conference right now, but you can put yourself way behind when the schedule is in your favor. And then you don't have to go 10 and one down the stretch to try to catch up. Then you don't have to go 20 and six down the stretch to get back in this thing. I need Trey to be my leader. I don't want to hear he's young or this, that, and the other. He won young enough to get 40 million a year. He won young enough to get a super max deal. This comes with the territory. This is on Trey. He needs to mature. He needs to understand that these things are going to come up, hit it head on. Don't, don't get into a skunk pissing contest with a local reporter because you don't like the line of questioning. Guess what? That's what happens. You think those people up in New York over these next few nights are going to take it easy on Trey? Please. This is about growing up and maturing in handling things, handling your business in the right way. Crap comes up, but how you handle it is what people are going to look at. I want to talk about my friends over at Built Bar. Listen, Built.com is the place to go, right? We're, we're, it's holiday season, okay? And I know folks are still trying to find, I, I need that low sugar, low calorie, low carb. I need that high protein snack. I want something that's healthier for me as I'm probably in the middle of eating a bunch of crap, but I want to try to moderate everything, right? Built.com is the place to go. First off, all we talked about the marshmallow, uh, the protein infused marshmallow plus right so you're looking for something different with that high protein low calorie try the marshmallow plus go to built.com today check out the wide menu of different products that they have all the available snacks all the different things available to you remember they've got the flavor of the month that comes out every single month so you're always getting new flavors new things that are coming out so when you go to built.com and you check through their menu check off and put your order together when you get the checkout i want you to use the promo code locked on 15 L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N, the number one, the number five, locked on 15. And when you do that, you're going to get 15% off your order simply by using the promo code locked on 15. Built.com is the place to go. Check out their menu of products. Check out all the different things available that they have for your low sugar, low carb, low calorie, high protein snacks. Put that order together today and use locked on 15 and save yourself 15% off of your order simply by being a listener to Locked On Sports Atlanta. So I tweeted this out on Saturday that there are three things that are true right now in the world of college football. And those three things are that the University of Georgia is the best program in the country currently. Number two, Kirby Smart is currently the best coach in America. And number three, everybody else can suck it. That's the three things that are lock cinch guarantees right now. I moved to Atlanta in 1993. And when I moved here, you know, the program was past the uh, Vince Dooley era in, you know, the, the Ray Goff and headed toward the Jim Donnan era, right? And Georgia was a nice program. 
But obviously, Vince won the national title. And I remember Georgia, I remember distinctly Georgia winning the national title in 1980, watching Herschel Walker play. Still, I think, you know, the best, you know, one of the two best college football. I've always said Herschel and Bo are the two best college football players I have watched in my lifetime. Okay. So I remember all of that. I remember Buck going one for 12 for seven yards, right? I remember Latzinger and all the guys that came after and all that stuff, right? So I've watched Georgia for a long time. I always heard when I got here that this program was the sleeping giant and things like that, okay? So watch the Ray Goff era. Jim Donnan did some good things, brought some superstar talent in that turned out to be some NFL Hall of Fame caliber talent. You know, I think Seymour's a Hall of Famer now, right, in the NFL, but never got over that hump. Then Mark Richt comes in in the early 2000s, and the program starts to change, right? Brian Van Gorder with the defensive coordinator spot. They really crank it up. It's Thurman. It's Pollock. It's uh, Thomas Davis, Sean Jones, that whole group of guys. David Green leaves as the winningest quarterback, and, and the program starts to get elevated, right? But even though that they were SEC champs, didn't quite get to the national title game, right? And, and what was it, 2012 when they lose to uh, to Alabama in the SEC championship game? If they win, they go play Notre Dame, probably win their title. And I was one of the people who said that I was not in favor of firing Mark Richt. I still, I still thought Mark Richt had gas in the tank, could still get this thing turned around and bring Georgia where it needs to be, okay? I was wrong. They hired Kirby Smart, and now the rest is history. And all of the things that I had heard since I moved here in the early 90s all came to fruition, that sleeping giant of a program. And in the midst of Alabama and Clemson being on their runs and things like that, Georgia was working its way up. And then we go, let's go back just a few days ago, this past Saturday, because I had heard about, you know, well, Kirby Smart's one and three in the SEC talking. Okay. If I can quote my buddy, Eric Bischoff, okay, context is king. Ain't nobody in the world that was going to beat 2019 LSU. I would tell you in my 51-year lifetime now, I don't know if I've seen a better college football team than 2019 LSU. Nobody was going to beat them. 2018 Alabama, the only game they lost in 14-1 and was to the best Clemson team in the history of their program. So the best Clemson team ever was <laughs> the team that beat the 2018 Alabama squad. So you put that in context, okay? The one and three didn't mean a whole lot to me. But you watched on Saturday, they hammered down on LSU 50 to 30, and you look at where it's at right now. Georgia is the best program in the United States of America. They are the hot, sexy place to be, defending national champions the favorites to win the national championship again. They have a very good shot to become the first repeat champion since Alabama. There's only been what? Since World War II, there's only been two unanimous back-to-back -back national champs, right? That was Nebraska in their two-year run and Alabama a handful of years ago. That's it. Since World War II, that's the only two unanimous back-to-back -back champions, right? Where there's no dispute, there's no AP, UPI, BC, whatever. There's no dispute. They're the only back-to-back -back champions, you know, since World War II, Nebraska and Alabama. And Kirby right now, with the recruiting, with Todd Munkin as his OC, 
with the way their defense plays, very good chance that they'll put the number one player in the draft again this year in Jalen Carter. He's the best coach right now in college football. You notice how Kirby didn't have to spend his weekend going on TV pining for a playoff spot. You know why? Because he's got the best team in the country, undefeated SEC champ, no doubt about it. This is not to say that Alabama and Clemson haven't been the best programs over a decade period here. This is about where we sit on today is December 6th in the year of our Lord, 2022. They are the best program in the country. They're going to win. I told you this weeks ago, they're going to win another national championship. And Kirby Smart is the best coach in America right now. There is no better place to be in the world of college football than in Athens, Georgia right now. It's the epicenter. It's where all the top talent is. It's where all the high NFL draft picks are. It's where the best coach is. It's where the number one program is. It's where the center of the universe in the world of college football sits right now is in Athens, Georgia. And look, it's like everything, right? Ebbs and flows. Georgia's not going anywhere. They'll lose Stetson Bennett and Carter and this, that, and the other. They're still going to be a top five team next year. They're still going to have Brock Bowers and a bunch of these kids that will be back next year. And they've got five-star quarterbacks and everything else. They're still going to be a top five team going into next year. It ain't like they're going to sit at number 24 next year in the preseason poll. Because they are the king in the mountains right now. And I think we'll see over the next month or so here that that coronation will come to fruition. And all of the things that I had heard for so long about Georgia, the sleeping giant, what it can be, what it, you know, all this and the other. I didn't believe it for a long time, but I give Kirby Smart all the credit in the world. This program is now at the very top of the mountain. They are at the very tippy top of the mountain. They are the top of the food chain. They are the best program in the country right now. That's a testament to how good Kirby Smart is and how much he's changed the perception of this program of being a really good program, not quite there, to now they're the king of the mountain and on track to win their second national championship in a row. All right, thank you so much for making Hitting Hard with John Trucker your first listen every day. Don't forget, make Locked On Sports today your second listen. Biggest stories of the day, instant reactions, big game recaps, plus the take of the day. Check them out, Odyssey, YouTube, all your favorite platforms. We ask you to head over to YouTube.com, put Locked On Sports Atlantic into your search browser. When you get there, hit that subscribe button, leave us a comment. Free and available to download on all of your favorite podcast platforms, including Spotify, Odyssey. Check us out. Leave us a five-star review. Don't forget, Roku and Amazon Fire. Yes, you can check us out there as well. Leave us a comment. And of course, at JMCH316 is my personal Twitter page. Give me a follow there. We'll be back with you tomorrow on a hump day. This has been Hitting Hard with John Chuckery, Locked on Sports Atlanta. 